Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It's your weekday morning podcast where we talk about Game of Thrones and we do it over breakfast. It's Tony Hans and Jeremy in with you on a miggity Monday. Tackling season seven, episode six, Beyond the Wall and Pear Chai. Because you need to stay warm when you're beyond the wall. Welcome, boys. Is it What's Pear up? Chai or Pear Kai? Is it Kai tea or Chai tea? I never actually know. So I thought the CH was like a K sound, but I'm just confused mm. by that. It's it's not. It's Chai. I feel like I feel like we need some some input on the wiki. I might as well look that up. You, you won't have to look it up. It's Chai. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually Chai, I uh, I don't know the language, but the Indian language, Chai means tea. So if you say Chai tea, you're really just saying tea tea. It's like saying Rio Grande River. <laughs> exactly. Ex- exactly. It's the big river river. Uh, Whew, that I was informative. Like, I just like, you could be like, you could be, <laughs> you could go up to a, a subordinate at work and be like, would you like some of my chai tea? And you really just ask them if you wanted some of your tea tea. And, uh, but you can say it and not get a harassment lawsuit. <laughs> I suppose it depends on how you say it. <laughs> Would you like some of my chat? If your shirt's off, then, then it might, you, might, uh, you might come into yeah. some issues. It's true. The verbiage isn't the only factor, I suppose. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you don't need to look up the Chai Tea Wiki. But we have looked up the Beyond the Wall Wiki, Jeremy. Is that Equally enough? important. Okay. Well, we have a very, very short plot here that I can use to recap this episode quite briefly. Um, how do you guys? Uh, how do you guys want to hear it today? In English, I hope. But beyond that, I'll allow you to customize it, order it how you please. Dora the Explorer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Do you know they're making a live-action uh, Dora Explorer movie? Yeah, that's by why the way. I, Hans and I were talking about this yesterday. That's, a, that's why I thought of it. Uh, and also, the I, I, Hans, you have to check them out if you haven't seen them yet. Jeremy, you have to check them out if you haven't seen them yet. There are these grown-up Dora videos on like YouTube and Facebook that are great, and it's like, this is cocaine, cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> And Boots is like a strung out junkie. Like it's super. They're super funny. Uh, all right, episode se- or no season seven, episode six, Beyond the Wall. John and the Brotherhood hunt the dead. La Muerta. Arya confronts Sansa. Ooh. Tyrion thinks about the future. Do you see the future? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what that's what happens here in episode six. I saw the trailer. The Dora looks more Asian than she does Spanish, and it's like that Bob haircut that's horrible looking. Dora looks great. What are you talking about? Oh God. Oh, guys, beyond the wall here. It's an interesting episode. As we established last week, it's a it's a very weird plan, and the fact that they came to this weird plan is odd. But once they put it into practice, uh, I mean, th- they commit pretty heavily to it. Um, wh- what do you think about this whole excursion beyond the wall? 
I think I think the uh, the action in the episode is fine, but I think the entire premise to begin with is so ludicrous that it's kind of hard <laughs> to get get into it. Yeah, I uh, there's a lot that goes down though. I mean, just at the beginning. I almost marked it as my least favorite part, and then I kind of changed it because I kind of like it. Tormund and John are having a conversation, and John's saying, you know, he's not going to kneel. Tormund says, you spent too much time with us. And then he says, like, well, Mance didn't want to kneel. How many people? Like, Tormund kind of seems to be wanting John to swear fealty to Daenerys. Is that the vibe that you got? Yeah. 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 Seems odd to me, um, which I guess they're they're playing, like, they're developing this big lovable ginger giant which is fair enough um just it just i wanted to make sure that that's what was actually happening and that i wasn't missing something else yeah seemed weird coming from him but i think i think like you're saying i think they're just trying to make a point that that character is uh developing and what uh if you guys had to to stick nice little flags with your initials on them into the least favorite parts of this episode to mark them for other explorers uh, where would you stick those flags? I would, um, I don't know if you guys have caught any of this Nike marathon running where they're like, I can run a marathon, uh, under two, under two hours. I think that was their goal for Nike. And they like pasted at running something ridiculous, like four twenty uh, minute miles. Um, well, guess who could kill them all? Gendry. When Gendry gets sent back to Warren <laughs> Day, Gendry, my bad. When Gendry gets sent back, like... The amount of time it takes them to get to this place for him to run to Danny, it's it's pretty quick, right? It is pretty quick, um, but they don't they're not spending more than a day beyond the wall, right? I don't know. That's the problem is you don't really because the last episode ends with them leaving, and this episode they're walking for a long time. Yeah, and so I mean, him running back to her seems like. I don't know. It's it's uh it's quite uh quite impressive for him to run in this winter <laughs> born thing and get back to Danny. It's true. When he's the one who's complaining about the cold. Which although oh I never noticed this before, Tormund does say you gotta keep moving. <laughs> that's how to stay warm. So actually that's a that's funny little foreshadowing that I missed. Uh yeah, Gendry's actually the most believable part of that yeah. whole exchange to me. <laughs> and that because yeah, then they send off a raven, which somehow gets to Daenerys, who then somehow flies all the way north to the middle of the, you know... And finds them. ...lands beyond the wall and finds where, the, you know, John and everyone are at. While this whole time, like before, right when Gendry leaves, this whole group is surrounded by, like, thousands of whites and the White Walkers and the Night King and everybody, and... Nothing happens until five minutes before Daenerys shows up, which is crazy to me. And it's not like they're saying that that's, you know, it's it's no consequence territory. I mean, Thoros does die in it. They do look pretty, you know, they explain it with the water and everything. They they seem rather in dire positions, but uh, it I, I would have liked something to tell us how long has actually passed because it could have been like four days. <laughs> Yeah, we just don't know. That was my least favorite part too. It just—it <clears throat> seems like I mean, not saying I could do it, but it seems like it could have just been written better. <laughs> yeah, that was just seemed like a kind of a big, big plot hole. Yeah, it's so. And and when you start to do that, this is the 
And I gotta be, it was more glaring the first time I watched it. And I've been alluding to this episode, our whole podcast, when we, whenever we talk about time frames, especially Beyond the Wall and everything, and you go up there and you look at, um, you know, it's like, oh, well, we don't know. You know, they like to play fast and loose with the rules. I think this is their biggest sort of uh, showing of that, but it wasn't as bad as I remember it being. Yeah, I mean, we and we don't get an idea of how fast dragons can fly, but Danny seems to get places ridiculously quick in the show compared to in the books. (laughs) It's just very fast. I remember when I said that, like, oh, season seven's not my favorite just because everything happens so quickly. I don't think that everything actually happens that quickly. There's not a ton that goes down in in season seven. Season six is really a bunch of, of pretty, pretty intense plot points. I think that it's just season seven is... Uh, you know, it's like, oh, today Danny has a scene north of the wall. Tomorrow Danny has a scene in King's Landing. Like, it's just jumping around like crazy. And sure, maybe they're allotting the time for that, but they're not playing like they are. And it's just, it takes me out of it a little bit. I don't know. Agreed. Yeah. So what do you think of the battle itself? How do you think it looked? Uh, it looked pretty good. All the fighting, um, starting with the giant, fiery, undead bear. Yeah. Which was awesome. Yeah. Um, what a that bad. Was a lot of fun. What a badass scene when, uh, when the bear shows up and it's kind of you get the haziness of like the snow and all that stuff, and uh, kind of they play it off where you see the bear kind of in the in the bottom left panel of the screen, and then you see uh, the Brotherhood guys coming. I can't ever remember the name. Uh, uh, the Brotherhood guys come up and they just both at the same time light their two swords. <laughs> How badass. Barrick and Thoros. Barrick. How, how can I forget Barrick? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, this whole, so all, all this stuff, and I mentioned it on Friday. Um, for anyone who is interested in, or, you know, thinking they might be interested in playing uh, any sort of role-playing game, like Dungeons and Dragons or what have you, just watch this episode of Game of Thrones to see whether or not you'd be into it. Because everything about this episode screams D&D to me. Like, you got these people that really shouldn't be in a group, but they are in a group. They just keep, like, they're traveling, and they keep breaking off to have, like, two-on-two conversations uh, with, like, oh, Jorah and John talk about this sword that connects their pasts. Like, you know, they're piecing together backstory while they're traveling. Uh, and, then the, and then the DM's like, all right, all right, let's get, let's get back to things. They throw a fiery bear at them, then they kill it. And then one of them almost dies, but then they save it. Like, it goes crazy. And then they come up. First of all, I mean, the whole plan is D&D because it's like, oh, hey, yeah, here's what we're going to do. And then, they, you know, whoever's running the game just has to be like, that's the stupidest. All right, all we'll right, figure it out. <laughs> and then to teach him a lesson, he throws 30,000 whites at him. And uh, and then, you know, they're, they're uh, saved at the last minute after they've learned said lesson by... Uh, by you know, Danny X Machina here flying in on the dragons, burning things away. But it it is a good fight. It's it's some cool fighting. They seem to be able to hold their ground. Like once the whites swarm them, like they're not swarming anything like they were at Hardhome, where they're just overrunning each other. Like they're pretty single file, which kind of bugged me. Yeah. Uh, just because we've seen them go all out and like just massacre, massacre. people. Yeah. Uh, and no one died to the whites at the end there. Well, just the three like people who don't have names. I was gonna say but, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but no one actually, you know, they could have, I think it would have been better had you had Thoros fall to the whites. It would have made, made it look hectic. I mean, it was cool that they just woke up to him dead. It added to the to the dire situation they were in, but still. Yeah, agreed. It's hard, like, that's the hardest thing for me, too, exactly, just to pretty much repeat your exact statement, was that we've all, we already know, we've seen them, and Hard Home was much more of a, like, zombie horror film, where this was more of, like, the zombies <laughs> seemed like they kind of knew what they were doing and being more meticulous, which doesn't make sense to me, but... Anyway, I did kind of like, as, as ridiculous as it was, I kind of liked the, the water thing. Uh, although I have issues with that too, but um, the water being really the separation. And then, of course, Bron just chucking a rock and causing all like all hell to break loose. <laughs> Who ch- Did someone else chuck the rock? Bron isn't there. Who was chucking the rock? The hound. Oh, okay. My bad. I'm like, I watched this episode way too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Bron, you think you could, you, you think you think you could pay Bron to be be on the wall? No. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. The and you can make the point. This is one of the points that people make in conspiracy theories, where we'll touch on where the Night King knew what he was doing. Uh, so he's kind of having it dra- drag out so that Daenerys shows up, mm-hmm. um, because as we see, in my favorite part of the episode. Viserion fucking dies. <laughs> yeah, he gets wrecked by that one spear. Um, well, magical ice spear. Right. And uh yeah, and, and it's uh it's an emotional thing because you I mean, it would be unfair in this sort of setting if the dragons all were just kind of invincible. So I think that kind of makes it have a little bit of more um you know, realism if dragons existed. <laughs> Um, but you want that, right? Like you want the other army right now. The army has essentially an, an, an innumerable, uh, innumerable, my God, um, a a large amount of people that they can raise all the dead, essentially an endless army, but fire will destroy them. So the dragons could literally just sit there, breathe fire all day and just wreck them. Right there. So that's the end of the battle in, in that sense. But the fact that the night King has the ability to not only kill a dragon, um, but then, you know, as we're going to see in the future episodes, some other things can happen. Uh, it, it actually makes it interesting. The, the next season has so much more potential now for me. Yeah. The, yes, I think that taking a dragon out here was crucial showing that then, you know, that they have that ability was so good, um, added to the intensity for everybody. I had a couple problems with it. My biggest one is they like pan around and it looks like he's going to, throw it at Drogon, and then he doesn't. And then it's like, oh, shit, he took out Viserion. But why didn't he throw it at Drogon? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it makes sense. And actually, I think that would have been more powerful to take out Drogon and, like, Danny falls and gets caught by another dragon or something. You know, that would have been cool. It just, it was right there in front of him. It wasn't moving. Like, maybe he was trying to be a badass, but, like, he could have, yeah, he could have taken out their means of escape But doesn't right he away. also he look at... John as well, like he's gonna throw. I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a again. It makes me think that there's a reason for it that he knows more than he's letting on. And what an arm strength! I mean, I'm, that's the other thing that's confusing. If you're that strong, then literally no one could ever stop you swinging at them. You know, like that. That wasn't just like he chucked a spear. You know, thirty yards. He chucked that thing like a bullet in the sky. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's been shown before, though. Like, he, the one White Walker that John felt, like, touched him in the chest, and he flew down a flight of stairs, like, or through a hole in the floor. Oh, okay, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, but even even then, to Jeremy's point, like John has blocked a sword swing from a White Walker before, and like if they're that strong, even if you put your sword out and block it, they're gonna fucking they're gonna wreck break you. your damn arm off <laughs> yeah. when they hit that sword. There's just some True. inconsistencies. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. Um, another inconsistency I had, which now, after the tone of everything and the things that we've said, I don't think it's an inconsistency. I think is fodder for my theories uh daenerys does not seem all that heartbroken about viserion's death it seems like she wants to be but uh her reactions are are not what i would have expected for somebody who just lost her um, only child or one of her only children like yeah a child and uh like she she has all the right words and stuff but her mannerisms don't necessarily seem to match up with that see i didn't get that from this show i find that interesting I mean, I, I understand the direction you're going with your point, but uh, yeah. I think she I think that bothered her. I mean, her and John talk about it at the end, and you know she's too busy staring into those wonderful wonderful eyes. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, but but the John thing that's the first time she chokes up about it. Yeah, uh, like it, when it happens, there's really nothing, and I get it, adrenaline. You're in the moment, but then she's like standing on top of the wall, and she does the whole like few more minutes or whatever and people leave her alone and she's just she's just staring i don't i'm not trying to say that she's not affected i'm just i think that she's not as affected as she wants to be by it mm-hmm. and, yeah my uh my i do anyone any other comment on the daenerys thing because i agree i think she uh i thought i just expected a more intense uh like emotional reaction i didn't get it either um, and I kind of just thought I missed it. Like it was somewhere that I didn't see. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Cause I would not Happily. have said anything, but, uh, my runner up for my least favorite part. I had, Ooh, a, I have up. another one, uh, is I like the, I like it again. It's pretty like coincidental or whatever who I uh, maybe, I guess, I don't know if he's stalking anyone who goes beyond the wall, but uncle <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> saves John. Okay. Yeah. And uh, my just that part is not my least favorite. My least favorite is Uncle Benji goes, "Come with me," and then John's like, or like John gets on the horse, and then John goes, "Come with me," and then Uncle Benji goes, "There's no time," <laughs> <laughs> and then and then sends him off. And we're like, "What do you mean there's no time? All you have to do is jump on the damn horse." Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. that made or just zero not get sense. off the horse in the first place. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just pull him up onto the horse. Yeah. What would be great is John just slides forward. See? See, it's a twosie. You can sit behind me. We're fine. <laughs> it's a twosie. And like, wait a minute. Uncle Uncle Benjamin was like just talking for a second. And like they had this little interaction. And then I just wanted John to be like, wait, what? How <laughs> <laughs> is there no like, time? Like he gets off the horse. He's like, see, I'm off the horse. Now I'm back on the horse. I'm yeah. off the horse. Now I'm Let's back practice on. our dismounting. That is a little... Yeah, and then no one can catch up with John. I mean, he gets away scot free. Uh, makes it back. Daenerys is happy to see him. They continue to deny the sexual tension between them. It's very palpable at this point. Uh, it's not just Davos and Missande and Tyrion seeing things. Uh, we we could see it. Here it is. Here's what they're talking about. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, John quote unquote bends the knee, except he's shirtless in a bed, so he does his best. And uh, 
Apparently, we shouldn't be saying Danny no mo. She, she doesn't like it. Not into it. I don't know why why John said it either. It seemed yeah. cringy to it me when cringy. he's like, it was, yeah. it was yeah. terrible. Yeah, I hated Thank it. Thank you, Danny. He wanted to sing Danny Boy. Yeah. Who did he hear that from? Like, if 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 you guys, and Game of Thrones wasn't a thing, and you worked with a woman named Daenerys, after you made fun of her constantly, would you think to call her Danny? Like, I don't think that I would. No. No. I, I don't know. I think that's a hard, that's a hard thing. Eris. Yeah. Aries would What's be up, cool. Aries? Um, yeah, so beyond the wall stuff, going back to Winterfell, what did you think of Sansa and Arya? There's a lot. Uh, yeah. They're they're hard at each other's throats right now. Yeah. Again, I get where they're going with some of it, some of it I don't. Um it's it's again a timeline thing. We don't know when they start to kind of work toward the same thing. In certain instances, it's like they're putting on appearances, but then when they're all alone, I don't get it. So there's definitely some actual real tension um, that is palpable at this point. I mean, like Sansa finds some faces and uh, Arya kind of threatens her a little bit. And, you know, they just kind of play coy like that. It led into my least favorite part of the episode, uh, which was Sansa sending Brienne away. Yeah, because I didn't understand that. It almost seemed like Brienne sense. was just sent to King's Landing so that they could have another person to, to you know, re reconvene with somebody. Um, but it was just like I can't understand it from any angle. If she does think that Arya is against her, blah 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 blah. blah um, of course, and if Arya was against her, Brienne would not take like Arya's side over Sansa, which I think is the worry that. Baelish is trying to throw into Sansa's head and if we're to be believed and Sansa knows more than she's letting on and she's like just kind of trying to gain information and work with Arya I just don't get what sending Brienne away does except kind of put Littlefinger at ease that she's listening which it seems a big thing for that yeah, but that's yeah. that's got to be a risk sending away essentially your king's guard if you will like your yeah. protector um to the enemy I mean, literally to them, which... Right, a risk to Brienne. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with you. The only thing, and I didn't think of this, and so I'll give that... I mean, the only thing I think, if if they are trying to manipulate Baelish, then this this is good. This makes him feel secure that he's the one who's getting to control her again. Right? Because it's a dumb thing to do. And the fact that she does it makes maybe him feel like, yes, I'm back in the good graces. I... I'm controlling this again. I I pretty much yeah. hate like the entire story arc that is this Sansa Arya thing until the end, which is fine. But the uh, which we'll talk about t- uh, tomorrow, but or I guess Wednesday now since Wednesday. we're flipping. We're yeah, yeah, skipping. Wednesday. But uh, flipping and skipping. The thing that I wonder if the whole Arya Sansa thing, like even when they're doing this in private and yes, there is some tension, I think and there's some confusion from Sansa's side, but I wonder if they're really like, they are playing this part knowing that Littlefinger is like so manipulative and like knows so much that they're wondering if he's like always watching or just in case he's spying on them somewhere that they think they're alone and they're not. And they just like, don't ever break it. And they just know not to, um, Maybe that's kind of the way I explain it in my head just to make any sense of it, but I don't know. 
Yeah, and we will see, again, talk about it on Wednesday. Like, we will see, after everything happens and goes down, there's still a little bit of tension. So, yeah. I don't think it's all fabricated. Yeah. But, speaking of Brienne, uh, she is waxed poetically about in this episode, for maybe the first time verbally. Uh, Tormund kind of <laughs> just expresses his love of Brienne to the hound, says that he's going to have babies with her and everything. <laughs> Uh, which is awesome. Hilarious. <laughs> but he also doesn't know the word dick. <laughs> when, uh, when Hound is like something, something, like something, you know, my dick. And Tormund goes, dick? And the Hound is like, cock. And he's like, oh, dick. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot that. <laughs> Just a, just a very weird moment. I think it'd be hilarious if they get back and then uh, the hound is like flirting with Brienne as well and it becomes like this pride thing with him and Tormund. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that would be that would be great. Because <laughs> I mean... The weirdest theory, love triangle ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I mean, the hound and Brienne have already gone at it. So they, they, have a, they have a mutual respect for each other in that sense. It's true. She beat the fuck out of him. Very true. Although uh, I would say then, he wasn't in the best and not, not, position. Nothing else really happens, right? Nothing uh, we else, get, we get <laughs> nothing one else, more thing. Nothing else important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just uh, just the namesake of, uh, of our very own Hans Scherenberger here. Bone Dragon! <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> right at the end. Uh, I almost want to say post-credits because it feels like a post-credits thing. It does. It does. Um, but it's not. Um they pull the again great insight into maybe the night king knowing more than he's letting on as they have these giant chains <laughs> to uh to go ahead and pull Viserion out of this frozen lake uh they seem to be doing okay in the water now just yeah that's what that was my question what the shit they don't they can't go into the water when there's this huge group of people but apparently they can go down in the water and tie these chains on this dragon i don't yeah. understand so inconsistent. Um, and then the Night King touches Viserion and raises him from the dead. <gasps> so does he have to touch things for them to then be controlled by him? Because no. at the scene where he raises the dead at the camp, he just raises his arms and all the dead, even the ones that he's nowhere near at that time, just stand up. Right. So why does uh, he even need to drag it out of the water? Why not just be like, and up? I don't know. It's a good question. Um, could have just been for dramatic effect. We have seen when he touches the babies, they turn into the White Walkers. So maybe this is more powerful shit. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, if it's something. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. And, and how long do you have to be dead before you can be raised? Like, could you kill someone and he's just like you up and then they stand up and then like, or is it like, there's like a timeout period? I don't know about the Night King's cooldown mechanics. Uh <laughs> Uh, seems like it it's like he keeps instant. hitting AA on the controller like no I said raise them raise them raise yeah, them yeah, yeah. and you're good <laughs> Night King you have to wait for your phrase dead to recharge idiot uh, you have to recharge your mana this is the 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 raising the dragon scene the second it started happening the first time I saw it I was like oh shit like it, it's it's obvious it's very cool um, it, it's gonna happen it's great I kind of wish that we didn't get this scene though, and that it the first time that we saw the Viserion again was just in that moment in the next episode. Me too. Because how cool would that be if you 
if you think about it, but like if you're not expecting it, we've never seen it, they've never set it up, and you just hear, and then just see, like, oh, that would have been so much better. Because you would assume it would be Danny and a dragon there protecting the wall, right? Like, Maybe, that's yeah. how you would sell it, of like, in the clouds, you see a dragon, you're like, oh my god, Danny's here. How badass is that? She's going to wreck them. And then just slowly out of the gray, you see like the blue flame come. That would have been badass. Oh, it would have been so. We cool. should have written it. <laughs> we should, yeah. Redo Game of Thrones. Uh, don't worry about the final season. I know we've been building to it for months now. Just uh, just scrap it. Just redo. Scrap it. Redo. We'll do it. <laughs> yeah. So why does the dragon's fire turn blue now? Is it is it ice or what's the deal? It. So it it is fire, but I don't know, just because magic. Okay, that <laughs> because sense. magic. It would actually make more sense if it was ice, because in theory, fire kills them. So probably not the best idea. Yeah, uh, I, I guess probably the explanation is, you know, they say dragons are fire made flesh, and at a couple points we can see like the fire building in their bodies coming out their throats and stuff. Um, so that fire is obviously put out, and now the fuel firing, or fueling Viserion is like blue undead magic. So that's what comes out. Mm, that makes Maybe, sense. I guess. I suppose it's a stretch. It's a it's a stretch. My but, my my other point, which I almost I just seems like we just glanced over, which you brought up, but I want to just just make sure we're clear on this. So White Walkers and Whites just carry. Un- just ridiculously large chains around with them always i take it right okay right just as long as that's clear yeah or they know something you know they're like hmm, just maybe we bring these chains <laughs> well why night king why do we bring these chains i'll never tell <laughs> <laughs> we can, they, we can go to the whole uh brand maybe you know earth uh right Third Eye Raven just being being the Night King because he's like, hey, I know everything that happens, so we're gonna pack the following things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what we need for our journey. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good point. That's uh, that's season seven, episode six, Beyond the Wall. Um, it's a great, some great Thrones action there. You guys want to transition to the scones? Yeah, but first, no beebs. That's true. No boobs at all. No good, bad, and juggling moments. Once again, gonna say disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fitting. Would have been weird if they showed us the hound's penis again in, in this situation. Would have been cold. <laughs> yeah. But eh. maybe just could some, have at least thrown a dong on like the giant undead bear. Or maybe or just something. some scrotum. Maybe a little scrotum. Yeah, a little yeah, scrot. Yeah, we, we need, need some scrot. Why, why are we not getting more undead jugglies is what I'm asking. These people <laughs> yeah. are not that worried about covering themselves up, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, some of that tissue is probably the first to go when you're dead and decaying, but some of them are pretty fresh, so I don't get it. Opportunity is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's been missed. That'll be all the next season. It's just <laughs> undead tetias. I had a scone today. Does anyone want to ask me about it? Ask nah. me about my scone. I think you already talked about it. I'm, with, I'm uh, fine. With the Kai T stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Tell me about that scone, Tony. You can find us at thronesandscones.com <laughs> if you want to find out more about our show and what we do. 50-50! We'll be back on Wednesday. <laughs> We're in 
not going to be here tomorrow or Thursday on account of the fact that we're running out of episodes. Are you done with GOT? Yeah, yeah you know me. You guys are heartless bastards. <laughs> heartless bastards. Are. I do want to know about the scone, though. Me too, what actually. Was it? Oh, do you? Do you now? <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Then I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, pear, pear chai scone. Found oh, yeah, the, I, was, I was interested in this one. Yeah, found <laughs> the recipe a while back. And uh, it's just, you know, the idea sounds a little weird, but it's just kind of like apple cinnamon, but a bit funkier. Sure. Um, it, it It's dope. Uh, so I, I doubled down. There was like a cup, I think, a cup of chopped up pears in like the whole recipe. It's like a pear. Which didn't seem like that much. So I did a pair and a half uh, and then didn't edit the cooking time or anything like that. So these suckers came out pretty dang moist. Uh, these mm. were like for scone purists looking for that like flaky biscuity type thing. You ain't getting that with these scones that I okay. made. Okay. But for what I'm looking for in scones, these were uh, incredible. Also, the glaze on it was not the color that it looked in the recipe at all. It looked like almost white with like these flecks of brown in the recipe. And mine turned out straight thick brown. And I had to add more like cream to whisk it up. And so the recipe said a tablespoon of cinnamon, which when I was pouring it out, I was like, this seems like a lot of cinnamon. I'm assuming it meant a teaspoon, even though I did verify and it it said tablespoon. But it kind of worked out because like the glaze tasted like you took an entire cinnamon roll and just melted it. Nice. Uh, so yeah, this was the best one that I have had thus far. Really, of all, of all times. Of yeah, of ev- of every scone Holy that I have shit. ever had. Okay, um, okay. But it wouldn't be for everyone. This, I mean, it was it was super like dense and thick and gooey, uh, like inside of a cinnamon roll kind of texture for the whole thing. Mm, that okay. was delicious. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Did you mix any of the the chai uh, spices into the to the like did you, like an icing or was it just more of like a glaze? This the yeah the glaze was it was all cinnamon I think, and then in the in the actual thing itself there was like cinnamon and ginger nutmeg and uh, uh, I don't think cloves was in the the recipe but I added cloves because of course. Always, always, always add cloves. It's a good thing to remember in life. Yeah, I mean, because you make like a chai tea spice, you can kind of, you can use cloves. You can use kind of a different group of because it's just a combination of spices. So that's cool. Sounds delicious. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was great. Thanks, thanks for caring. 